Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's a gorgeous day in Pittsburgh. So happy you're along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. I'm Kathy Emmons, serving out uh, my last day, uh, partnerless, John Hall taking his uh, final 24 of vacation. Happy to be here also with Lexi Merritt, who's making everything work in the Word FM studios today. Lex, uh, how was your weekend? Glad to have you. My weekend was very fun. Was it? Got to relax. Got to hang out with my friends. So it's your post-birthday weekend. It is. And so was the celebration still going on? (laughs) No. (laughs) The celebration should go on. What? For like the whole, like... What do you mean? Why are you looking at me with such question in your eyes? The birthday celebration should go on for the entire week, and there should be some mention of it for the month. Yeah, fair enough. That's how I feel. <laughs> I do I do love me a birthday week, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So happy birthday, Lex. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I don't have any more cake for you, but I... No, you know, that's okay. I brought you four cakes. Yeah, so you did. <laughs> four little cakes. They were so good. Oh, bring it. Uh, thank you to Prantles Bakery yeah. uh, at the East Ohio Street location for supplying Lexi's most delicious birthday treats. Oh, they were so good. Mm. I'm still thinking about the sour cream chocolate cake. I'll be honest. Whoever thought of putting sour cream in a cake was so smart. Geniuses. It's just so delicious. And if you're trying to cut calories or fat, you can use plain yogurt. And mm-hmm. it's just as delicious, I think. Yes. I mean, maybe not just as. Like if I a beat it. Yeah. I'd probably say sour cream first, mm-hmm. but you know, you're not ABing it. You're yeah. just presenting somebody with a chocolate cake. And it's delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, uh, what a great weekend of uh, Pittsburgh baseball. I was at the game with some friends and family on Saturday night, a sellout versus the Phillies. Um, the game started at 7.05 and it ended at about 10.15. It was a long game, which I love when I'm there. I mean, I'm all for the pitch clock when I'm watching a game on TV, but when I'm at the ballpark, I don't want it to go too fast. You know, I mean, John and I go to a ton of games and most of the games this year I've really enjoyed, but I'm like disappointed that they're over as quickly as they are. Anyway, Saturday night was perfect. The weather was perfect. The game length was perfect. And the game had absolutely everything. It had lean changes. It was exciting. There was great defense shockingly there was offense i mean i couldn't get over it the game ended on a double play you know bednar you know the, it was bednar bobblehead night it was just every it was super great i absolutely can't get enough of baseball on a great summer night in pittsburgh um and then the game yesterday uh josh palacios on his birthday gets the walk off i mean it was just lexi i'm sorry you weren't at the ballpark because it was super super great this weekend i know i saw a lot of posts about it oh my gosh it was, it was so really great whoever was weekend. running um the stuff on the on the um jumbotron was hilarious they we were there it was three of us uh pirate fans and three friends who were philly fans so it was like brother against brother and whenever something came up on the screen that was dissing philadelphia which happened all the time it was hilarious. I mean, they didn't think it was that funny. I thought it was awesome. I've seen a lot of the uh, scoreboard uh, scoreboard. They're so posts. funny. They're really good. It was really... Anyway, I, it's just... 
I mean, I love football. I have no desire to go to football games anymore. Um, I would love to go to a hockey game, but they're so expensive. Baseball, to me, it's like the perfect thing, you know, especially when it's a beautiful night like that. Anyway, we have a lot coming up on today's program. Um, Ralph Crew, who is uh, one of the most curious people that I know, he's the head writer for a YouTube channel uh, that gets a ton of clicks and watches called Practical Engineering. So we're going to talk about engineering things in the five o'clock hour, including all the cranes that are springing up all over the city of Pittsburgh. So whether you're downtown or you're in Oakland, I mean, between downtown and Oakland, there are probably 15 gigantic cranes currently in use. And so we're going to talk about whether they're safe, how they even work, how they're able to to raise the top, do you call it the top, the head? I'm not even sure what you call it, what the correct terminology is. Um, but Ralph's going to let us in on that. We're also going to talk about um, water shortage, which is being experienced by a ton of people in the Southwest in America, and bridges. How do we know that they're safe? Uh, it's something that kind of comes to mind looking at the last two years of what's happened around the Pittsburgh area. Anyway, very much looking forward to um, tackling those topics in the five o'clock hour with Ralph Crew. Um, also in this hour, we'll be uh, turning our attention to the Reform Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary in Point Breeze. Um, excited for that. And probably, oh, and we're going to talk about digital detox in just a minute. Do you need one for your summer? Lisa Anderson will be with us in just a couple minutes. And we'll talk about that. But before, Lexi, we get into any of that, I think do believe it's time for the music and the news. So hit that thing. For Monday, July 30th, it's already the end of July. Believe that. July 31st, 2023. Number one, closing arguments in the Tree of Life trial now in its 35th day began after lunch. Robert Bowers, 50, of Baldwin faces a possible death sentence for killing 11 in Squirrel Hill on October 27th, 2018. The government is seeking capital punishment on 22 counts, including that the defendant killed the victims because of their religion. The defense is asking the jurors to order their client to serve the rest of his life in prison with no chance for release, arguing that Bowers is mentally ill, presenting testimony from three experts over the last week or so who have said he has schizophrenia and should be spared. A death sentence must be unanimous. Read more about that in today's trip. Number two. A Georgia judge has rejected former President Donald Trump's request to quash a report by a special grand jury in Fulton County about his conduct after the 2020 election and to disqualify the DA there, Fannie Willis, from further involvement in the case. The ruling comes as Willis signals a decision on whether the former president will face charges, and that could come soon. In a nine-page ruling today, Judge Robert McBurney of the Fulton County Superior Court said that Trump's request to block the report was premature since he has not yet been charged. That's from CBS News. Number three, a new study is sounding the alarm about a rise in alcohol-related deaths, especially in women. The investigation, published by the Journal of the American Medical Association just a couple days ago, examined about 605,000 alcohol-related deaths over the last couple years. Researchers concluded that men were more likely to die than women and that alcohol-related deaths were trending upward for both. However... The rate of death among women increased so rapidly over the same period, up almost 15 percent 
over the last two years. ABC News medical contributor Dr. Darian Sutton told Good Morning America today that there is a physiological difference between men and women when it comes to the effects of drinking, making women less able to metabolize alcohol as quickly as men. Dr. Darian Sutton went on to explain what it's talking about, but basically ended up saying there are more negative long-term effects for women, including liver disease, pancreatitis, heart failure, and also beyond that, lower rates of fertility, earlier menopause, and increased rates of colon cancer and breast cancer. Read more about that. It's an interesting study in abcnews.com. And number four, after a colossal opening weekend that we talked about last week, AMC theaters say Barbenheimer continues to break records for the chain. And that is your top four at four. Listen to this, Lex. AMC now says the combination of Barbie and Oppenheimer, plus, of course, Mission Impossible, and The Sound of Freedom, which we've talked about on the show, is getting a lot of play. Anyway, they said a new record with July 21st to 27th becoming, are you ready for this? How can this be? The highest single week admission revenue record in the company's 103 year history. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is, this is the time when people don't go to movies anymore. Yeah. Highest single week admissions revenue. I mean, everyone was excited about Barb and Yes, Hammer, including the two of us. Yes. <laughs> Did you get to go no, see it this weekend? No, I didn't. I know we had guests in from out of town, the Phillies friends. I was telling oh, you about, true. and we couldn't do it. Um, so, but sometime okay. this week, sometime this week, uh, sixty-five AMC locations recorded their highest box office receipts of all time. Wow! I mean, that's it's it's really incredible. It's really incredible. Barbie worldwide tally of seven hundred seventy-four million. That's the third highest-grossing movie of the year, behind Super Mario Brothers and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And of course, it's not even. It's only two weeks in. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer has a worldwide take of four hundred million, nearly heard unheard of for a three-hour historical drama. Have you seen? You didn't see Oppenheimer yet, though. Not did you? yet. Okay. Maybe we could go to see that together. That would be fun. Yeah, I except we need that. to set aside three hours. <laughs> And who has the time? I don't know really. how we we have to quit our jobs to watch Oppenheimer. One hundred one point five W O R D. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. When you begin a project, it's important to have the right tools. When you study the Bible, it's important to have the right system. The book Knowable Word presents a proven three-step approach to help you correctly interpret and learn from God's Word without relying on commentaries. This is a system the author has used successfully for years. Ask for your copy of Knowable Word, available today from Truth For Life at truthforlife.org donate. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. 
To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. This year, we're celebrating 250 years of God's faithfulness, making us the oldest anything in Pittsburgh, older than any newspaper, school, or business. God was working here before the nation was founded. Join us for worship in the majesty of our grand sanctuary, Sunday mornings at 1045. God's not done with this great old church. God's not done with you either. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and that values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. I'm a little frustrated with myself because at this point in the summer, usually I've read a lot more books than I have this year. And I, I, I was thinking about it last night. And I'm just looking at screens too much. It's not just my phone, but I've been, you know, watching TV or doing stuff on my iPad or whatever. And uh, so I thought, do I, do I, I think I need to institute some rules for myself, right? Um, And you might be like me, that your phone or your technology is part of your job. So it's not like I can just ditch my phone um, because that's, you know, how I do, how I prepare for the show uh, and get ready on a daily basis. But I, I also have a personal life and it's not like my technology disappears in those hours. So what do I have to do? What should I do is the question. And uh, happy to have Lisa Anderson back on the show with me to help me figure it all out. Um, Lisa Anderson is from Focus on the Family. She's the host of Boundless and the Boundless Radio Program. And so, Lisa, I'm glad you're here to tell me, do I need a digital detox? Well, you probably do, Kathy, but that's just because I want someone to suffer along with me um, in this. So. Yeah, I actually had the privilege of getting a book on how to do a digital detox for Christmas from a friend, which was moderately offensive. Um, Uh Uh-oh, that hurts. Yeah, like, what are you telling me? Um, So I actually started in January uh, doing one and realized, I mean, I knew for a long time, like, oh, my goodness, my phone has has reached the point where it's ruling me and something has to be done. So I wasn't too surprised, but... um, yeah, no, it's hard to dig in. And so I'm glad you're right there with me because, you know, maybe we can talk it out. Okay, good. So you started this in January? I did, yeah. Okay, and what I did really it look started, like? Yeah, I started with only two things because this is where I think people derail. They try to, like, take on the entire thing at once. You know, like people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, I'm going to the beach in two weeks. I need to lose 50 pounds. Okay, well, not possible unless you want to cut off an appendage. So um, what I decided I was going to do is two things. I was going to do my best to stay off of social media at night. 
So like you, I have to do a lot of social for my job. I have to stay up on trends. I have to be very connected uh, during the day. Mm -hmm. What does that look like at night for me? I don't need to be scrolling through TikTok or Reels and watching random goats, you know, falling (laughs) over or cats doing all manner of things. So I tried to limit that. The other thing that I did, which was totally bananas, but I went after it, is I decided to shut my phone off entirely on Sundays. And actually Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, so but I have done it for the most part on most Sundays. And it is literally waking up to the to the phone, turning it off and not turning it on until late that night when I have to check what's going on on my Monday. And I can tell you, um, I'm actually listening to my sermon at church. I actually am having conversations with people. <laughs> I'm actually like, it was really d- directly approaching and pursuing a Sabbath for myself. And so it is really hard. Um, but those are the two things that I've been doing. And that's not even bringing into uh, the realm of like, what do I do about TV? What do I do about gaming? What do I do about, I mean, there's all kinds of other things I could work on as well, but I took those two as my primary. Wow. Okay. First off, I'm proud of you. Uh, Person (laughs) to person, I am proud of you. Uh, Second of all, so what, like what, what changes have you, have you seen changes? I have. And you know, uh, and here's what I want to mention, a Sunday one. People have to be prepared, especially if you're going to do something that's pretty drastic like that. People will actually try to sabotage you. Um, so in my in my case, the Sunday thing, my own sisters tried to sabotage me. I got a lot of grief from them about like, well, you know, we can't have you be unreachable. What if there's an emergency? Mm-hmm. What if they're... And I'm like, okay, y'all are in a different state than me. So what actually are we going to be doing for one another in the case of emergency? That said, uh, you know several of my friends whom you could call and, and reach me if there's an emergency. But this this idea that people want us to always be reachable yes. or they want us to always be at, you know, at their beck and call kind of. And, and so you have to be prepared for that. What I have seen as far as gains is um, I have noticed that I look forward to Sundays because it just sets a different tone for my entire week. Mm -hmm. So I have been able, and one of the things I did on the front end, Kathy, and this is, I would recommend this to everyone who's going to go after this, write down a list of what you actually will be able to do with your time if you are not on digital technology. And hopefully they're good things. And so for me, it was like, wow, there are those few books that I would love to read and why am I not reading them? Or I would love to sit on my back deck and just stare out at the mountains. You know, I'm here in Colorado. I would love to have the freedom to do that and not be checking notifications or responding to texts or work emails or whatever. And so I made those motivators for me to go after it and be like, these are the kinds of things or something productive. What's a project at home I want to work on? So those are the things that make me realize that it's not, I'm not giving up something. I'm actually trading something and it's something better. That's so true because I think this just happened to me last night because it was nighttime and I was on social media, exactly what you said you've sworn off and for good reason, because I need to swear off of it. But I, I, I got up after spending who knows how much time on social media. And I thought to myself, gosh, like my knees hurt. Like I had been sitting for so long. 
that yeah. my knees hurt. And I said, I, like, I have a problem. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, I just, I, that, that can't be. And time just slips by. And I could be doing a ton of other things with that time. Well, it's so true. And as if we don't need more motivation, let's just talk about the addictive nature of digital technology and social media. There are actual physiological things that go on in us. And people don't want to admit this because it just smacks of like, weird addictive behaviors but it really is (laughs) so i mean the dopamine release that happens in our brains when we get likes and comments and notifications and nudges on our social media is a real thing and we actually will have to get more of that just like as if we were doing heroin or something we have to get more of that in order to to meet meet that same that same high it delays the release of melatonin. So people that are on their phones at night, that blue light is keeping them from going to sleep. Not to mention avoidance coping, the fact that we use phones and social and everything else for procrastination of things that we should be doing to distract us from pain. Um, It it shortens our attention span. So this is why, I mean, we talk about this in terms of kids and teens, but I think we adults need to start looking at ourselves and realize why can't I even hang with this conversation anymore? Mm-hmm. It's because I don't have an attention span and my phone has trained me against that. Right. That is so true. Lisa Anderson's with me. She's the director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family and host of the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. Um, Lisa, okay, so since you've experienced some success, uh, is this urging you to take another step? <laughs> um, it kind of is. So, and again, I have to get back to things that I remember as being huge wins for me. One that I think of often is I went uh, some years ago now with friends on a cruise. And I remember this was back when I think I even brought digital with me. Um, And I remember thinking, we're going to be in international waters. I'm too cheap to buy the Wi-Fi or the phone plan for on board. So I'm just going to put my phone in the safe and leave it. Mm -hmm. Well, Kathy, I did that. And I remember that vacation more than any other that I have taken because I was forced to actually live in the moment and experience my vacation instead of doing a bunch of stuff online, even quote unquote good things like sharing with the rest of the world my vacation. You know, I mean, who cares? They're not there. Why do they need to participate? So thinking of those as motivators. Now, one thing I would say. Here's another thing I need to go after. And I mean, everyone listening, raise your hand if you do too. When we get into binge watching TV shows and there are elements of FOMO that come into play here because you don't want to show up at work and have everyone talking about this amazing show and you don't know anything about it. Okay, but I know people who are like saying to me, you know, these are Christians who are like, I can't volunteer at church. And yet I know that they are legitimately keeping up with four or five television series right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Right. So yeah, no, get, you're right. Not to get totally judgy, but, you know, quite frankly, I will. Um, that's just not okay. And that is not, we are giving our time away to things that are just frittering, like time and attention and worth when there are so many better things we could be doing, including meeting up with friends, investing in other people's lives. So I think the whole entertaining ourselves to death phenomenon is something that I personally am going to try going after as well. Well, listen, more power to you. 
Thank you. Okay, I want to check back. And you're supposed now, to be I, doing this with me. No, though. I am. No, I totally am. And here's okay. the thing: uh, you've inspired okay. me, and I'm going to make some changes. And so we need to check back in thirty. And yeah. we need to say, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? John Hall won't have known anything about it, and that's fine. He can be, an, he can be uh, uh, like an arbiter, like in yeah. the middle, and just be interested to see what happens. And well, then we can make him feel bad. Yeah. We'll just make it, yeah. Good. Listen, that okay. would be very easy. So I think we could definitely yeah. go down that road. All right. Well, let's do it. Well, thank that you, Lise. like a blast. Okay. I'm turning off my phone on Sunday, so text me on Monday. Do it. Okay. Bye. That's Lisa Anderson, director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. Find her the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. And paid for by Open Shark Concepts. Attention firefighters, members of the military, and airport workers. For decades, first responders and firefighters at military bases and airports used a chemical-based foam to fight fires. Studies have shown that chemicals used to make aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, are highly toxic to humans and have been associated with several types of cancer. If you or someone you know was exposed to AFFF and were diagnosed with any of these cancers, including kidney, bladder, prostate, pancreatic, lymphoma, leukemia, testicular, and neuroendocrine, then you should call us immediately because you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call us at 800-515-8809. Our experienced attorneys will fight to get you the compensation you deserve, and you pay nothing unless we get a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us now, 800-515-8809. Operators are standing by 24-7, so don't wait. 800-515-8809. That's 800-515-8809. Again, 800-515-8809. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. Everyone knows the old saying, nothing lasts forever. Well, whoever said that obviously never bought a timeshare. Not only do your maintenance fees and assessment fees go on forever, they go up forever. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Over 10 years ago, I was a timeshare salesman. But once I saw the dark side of the business, I quit. I started helping folks get out of the timeshares. Since then, we've helped over 30,000 families by getting them out of bad timeshares. If your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you have questions, we have the answers. Give us a call. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-839-8484. That's 800-839-8484. 800-839-8484. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Rooter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-ROOTER2 today. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It's a great time of year to be outdoors, fishing in local streams, splashing through creeks. We all assume these waters are safe. But for most streams, no one knows. That's a problem. A problem we can do something about. The Isaac Walton League of America can help us get started. From stream cleanups to simple water quality tests. Visit IWLA.org today. That's IWLA.org.
Expect hazy skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 57. We'll see hazy sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow, reach a high of 78. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 56. Sunny to partly cloudy skies on tap for your midweek Wednesday. Smoke from Canadian wildfires can reduce air quality and create hazy skies. We'll see a high Wednesday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Guacamole with some good white corn tortilla chips and some kind of lime beverage of your choice. You might choose to do, I, I, I don't drink alcohol. I don't have a problem if you drink alcohol. It's a long story as to why I don't drink alcohol. But if you want to drink an alcoholic thing with your guacamole and chip, go for it. Um, I like the mojito I make with the mint from my yard. Uh, the lime juice, the simple syrup I cook up myself on my stovetop. Listen, it is like top tier summer snack food. Lexi, am I making that up? No, you're not. It's so good. National Avocado Day today. Are you celebrating in any particular way? Well, now I'm going to. Exactly. Gotta stop at the store and grab some avocados. Mm-hmm. So listen, uh, did you know that they're also called alligator pears? What? Mm-hmm. That's honestly a better name than avocado. Because that's what they look like. They do look right? like alligator so I, pears. I think I want to call them that. Uh, anyway. Anyway, they are super nutritious. Because it's National Avocado Day, I was looking at them today and thinking, okay, so like, can I feel good about my guacamole tonight? And the answer is yes. Listen to this. Good source of fiber. They have good fat and they have more fat than carbohydrate. So if you're on some low carb diet, you know, avocados are the answer to all your needs. Uh, the fats are heart friendly. They're not going to increase your cholesterol. Um, it's an unusual taste. It's kind of like if you don't eat, I don't eat red meat very often. And it kind of fulfills that need for me. You know, it's just, it tastes kind of meaty, even though it's not meat. That's just how it tastes to me. Anyway, it's terrific in salad dressing. Uh, It's terrific on a sandwich. How about with eggs? Um, How about avocado toast, which is like... I was about to say, avocado toast is where it's at. Okay, so... a little egg on top? With... With the egg on top. And doesn't it have to be an over-easy egg? Yes. It has to have some sort of dip factor? Mm-hmm. has to be all yolky. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. A medium avocado is only 240 calories, and that's both sides, people. Uh, three grams of protein um, and 22 grams of fat. But like I said, it's the good kind. Also, uh, they contain uh, carotenoids. Car- no, carotenoids. I almost pronounced it incorrectly. Plus your monounsaturated fats. Um, it is part of a balanced diet. And you know that Mediterranean diet that they talk about so often? It's a staple for it. So if you're looking for something to do for dinner tonight, just say to your spouse, your daughter, your parent, whatever. Kathy Emmons told me that I should think about an avocado to go with tonight's dinner because it's going to be so good for all of us. Yes, the answer is yes. Taking a break after this, we're going to talk about the book that you've never heard of that you should read. Coming up next, The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. 
ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on wordfm.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online with no complicated forms and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but if something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos, they've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy, non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy. Rates may vary. The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government, and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please, get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. Message and data rates may apply. Word FM presents the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th, followed by three more weekly dinner for two giveaways during August. The Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar, creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com. I'm not sure who was the first person who coined the term chronological snobbery. Might have been C.S. Lewis. Anyway, you know what the term means. It means that we tend to value more greatly uh, the things that are written or produced in our time or the ideas that are important in our time or the conclusions that we've come to in our time, um, not taking into account that people who lived before us uh, were pretty smart themselves or produced, you know, works of great value or um, books we should investigate or films we should see or whatever it is. And um, I believe my next guest is one of the people who has spent a lot of time fighting against something like that. Dr. David Whitla is with me, professor of church history and director of the Theological Foundations for Youth Program at the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary right there in the Point Breeze section of Pittsburgh. David, welcome in. Hi, Kathy. Good to be with you this afternoon. So I'm guessing by the subject that you want to talk about today uh, that you like to read old books and appreciate them. 
Yes, indeed. I'm a real blessing to have uh, have the privilege of being a teacher of history. You know, Kathy, there's so many people today uh, are reading books that were written yesterday and are not perhaps particularly deep or dense. Um, there's a good market for that today, but I'm a great believer in the books that were written long ago and believe firmly that they have something important to say to us today. Okay, before we talk about the particular book that's on your mind, David, um, people listening might think, well, why? you know, reading old books is hard, is it? Well, it can be. Some of it depends on the era in which it was written. I think a lot of our people have read uh, Shakespeare in school, so they know something of reading old, old books. Um, the idioms they use, the kinds of narrative that they have for us can sometimes appear uh, very challenging. But I think with uh, some updates to the language and uh, some new presentation, we can go a long way to making those books more accessible. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done with the book we're talking about today. And what's the benefit for reaching out of our current time? Well, I think that uh, you mentioned chronological snobbery, and that's something that's not just true of our age. That's something I think that every age has wrestled with. Uh, C.S. Lewis, when he talked about that, was running in the 20th century. But as an historian, I find the same kind of thing, honestly, in every age. We tend to imagine that the end of the ages has come upon us, and we have, as those standing on the, on the shoulders of giants, all the knowledge we need. But we need to go back to the classics. Uh, what constitutes a Christian classic? It's a book that has stood the test of time, a book that has shown itself to be worthy of the attention of God's people in every age, whereas much of the literature that is produced today tends to vanish and disappear within a generation or more. So why not go back and look at the books that have stood the test of time? Why not try to draw from those who went before us uh, lessons that speak to our day? Okay, so let's talk about the book that we've never heard of that we definitely should read, in your opinion. Um, and let's talk about the two men that wrote it together. So David Dixon and James Durham, uh, 1650, write a book called The Sum of Saving Knowledge. What is it? Well, The Sum of Saving Knowledge was written, as you say, nearly 400 years ago. And it's a little book with a very big backstory. Uh, but 400 years ago, in the 1640s, the British kingdoms of England, Scotland, and Ireland were embroiled in a bitter civil war between the king and the parliament. And it was really a fight for civil and religious liberties. Uh, king Charles had been ruling as a tyrant without any recourse to the representatives of the people, the parliament. And they were very concerned because the king was imposing certain forms of worship on the church uh, in his three kingdoms. Many were afraid it would turn back the gains of the Protestant Reformation. So the war was being fought to establish a new national church whose theology and worship would be based on scripture. And the three kingdoms signed a covenant to that end in defiance of the king. They gathered an assembly of all the nation's top theologians to prepare the founding documents of this new national church, and that was the famous Westminster Assembly. Now, they produced some documents that some of your hearers perhaps have heard of, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the larger and shorter catechisms to explain the Christian faith to the people, and then also some directories for worship and church government. And these documents have been widely revered as the constitutional bedrock of Presbyterian churches worldwide, and they were bound together. 
Well, the king lost the war, and he lost his head as well for treason, Mm. and the pastors of the nation got busy implementing these new Westminster Confession and Catechisms. And that's where the sum of of saving knowledge comes in. Two Scottish pastors, David Dixon and James Durham, love the content, but they concluded that for many of the people in their pews, the new confession and catechisms were, as they said, too large and too dark, difficult theology for them to understand. Mm -hmm. So they decided to compile a brief summary, along with notes of practical application for the average person in the pew. And they dictated the book to their secretary as they went on their afternoon walks in the hills around Glasgow. And that book is The Sum of Saving Knowledge. And that's an old title. It basically means a summary or a sum total of what you need to know to be saved. It has a much more complicated 17th century title. They didn't do a good job with their marketing. Uh, The original title (laughs) is... A Brief Sum of Christian Doctrine Contained in the Holy Scriptures and Holden Forth in the Foresaid Confession of Faith and Catechisms Together with the Practical Use Thereof. Wow. No, that's not going to fly today. (laughs) But uh, we've tried to make this book available again. We've given it a simpler title. And this book has uh, become really, it has been for 400 years, a cherished part of the Scottish Reformed literary heritage, even though it's pretty unknown today. That's fascinating. So we're talking, you know, a hundred and some years after the Protestant Reformation. So, uh, and, and, you know, we we understand uh, that one of the um, pillars of that Reformation was scripture alone. Um, And so then talk about why a catechism is necessary. Right. Well, the church has always believed that for over 2000 years, on the need of simple summaries of Christian doctrine from the scriptures, the creeds of the early church that were produced by the great councils in the patristic era, uh, all through to the Protestant Reformation, which was the next great stage of uh, confession writing. And then catechisms were simple tools used by pastors and lay people to make the deep truths of scripture accessible to people particularly, I think, uh, the uneducated in the congregations and the children as well. Um, All generations of the church have sought to pass on the great deposit of the faith in Scripture, and simple questions and answers of theology is a way that the church has always found helpful to do that. Dr. David Whitla is with me, professor of church history and director of the Theological Foundations for Youth program at the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary right here in Pittsburgh. Okay, David, let's talk about uh, the sum of saving knowledge then, the book in particular. Um, 400 years old, you're saying um, the idea is access. So more people can understand uh, the deep truths of the faith. Um, So for what would we find in it? Well, what you can expect is a book of theology, and I realize that that sometimes scares people off. It sounds deep and uh, something we don't really want to spend time in, but it explains the theology of the gospel and the Christian life it produces with a very warm pastoral heart. The two authors, David Dixon and James Durham, were theological giants of the day, but they had uh, pastor's hearts, and they wanted to make the saving knowledge of the confession and the catechism is more accessible. So it's a very simple book. Uh, The new edition we published is, I think, 78 pages, uh, four simple chapters. 
The doctrinal meat of the book is found in the first chapter, which is a fabulous summary of the gospel, as is explained in the Confession of Faith. It's essentially a crash course in what is often nicknamed covenant theology or reform theology. And then the last three chapters are really the practical application of that covenant theology in the life of the Christian. And uh, they are basically a series of rich Bible studies that seek to apply the theological summary of chapter one to the lives of ordinary Christians. So if you read the book, you're not going to just get head knowledge of theology. You're going to get heart knowledge. You're going to make the faith your own. It's really a a theological primer on the gospel message, the gospel invitation, Mm. and the joyful gospel living that should flow from both. So, David, as you describe this, it sounds like something that like the regular person could read. It doesn't seem like it's just something written for theologians only. I mean, I guess that's the whole idea. Absolutely. And our purpose in this new edition, which is the first uh, standalone edition of this book that's been published in centuries, actually, our goal has been to pursue the original author's goal, to get these doctrinal truths into the hands of the people in the pew in a non-threatening, accessible way. Now, I realize today we're even further removed in time and language from the 17th century, and so today's Christians need even more help. So for new Christians, the sheer bulk of the confession of faith and the catechisms can be intimidating. So what we've done is we've lifted this little book out of its obscurity, and we want to unleash it again on the churches. Uh, it's a small pocket-sized cloth hardback with a ribbon marker at gift edition. It costs about $10, and we hope it'll again become as influential as it was for so many centuries I'll also mention that we've uh, updated the language a little bit. It's been lightly modernized to update a few archaic words. Uh, we've replaced the original King James text with a new King James text. Uh, we certainly haven't abridged the content or dramatically updated the language. Uh, we still want you to hear the original authors speak. And we've made it a little bit more navigable. Uh, We've retained all the original structure, but we've added new section titles so you can't lose your place. And uh, hopefully it'll be useful uh, to people also because we've produced a study guide for it, which can be uh, downloaded for free from the publisher's website. That can help you go step by step through the content. That re- I mean, you, you've done an excellent job of making it seem like it's uh, something that would be useful in day-to-day life and day-to-day discipleship. Uh, the title's called The Sum of Saving Knowledge. Uh, and tell me where people can, pub- can find it, uh, purchase it, gift it. Right. Well, it's published right here in Pittsburgh, Crown and Covenant Publications. And you can find them at their website, www.crownandcovenant.com. And as I say, when you go there, you'll also find a free downloadable inductive study guide. Uh, We've prepared that with church small groups in mind, but also for personal devotions. I think we'll find that a useful tool as well. That's crownandcovenant.com. You can access uh, your copy or maybe gift it to somebody, the sum of saving knowledge. David Whitlow, pleasure to have you on the show. Very nice to have met. Great to be with you, Kathy. Thanks very much. Uh-huh. That's Dr. David Whitlow, Professor of Church History, Director of the Theological Foundations for Youth Program, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze. Much more to come about an incredible heat wave out west next. Doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling. 
the first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price is $69.98, and just $10 more for king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. More. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954, use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, call, it right. 724-NEW-ROOF. When you have AC either in your home, your car, your office. You know, the hot days, you kind of recognize them as hot, but it's not the same thing as being out in them. And it's not the same here in the Northeast as it is uh, in the Southwest. And I knew it was hot out there, but I guess I did not realize the extent of it until reading a uh, story uh, in the New York Times today about Phoenix. Listen to this. Um, Lex, have you ever been to Phoenix? No, I have not. Okay. I've been to Phoenix. Uh, I had a friend that lived out there for a while, so I was out there pretty regularly. And um, it's just, you know, people say it's a dry heat. I, it's just so hot. The sun just feels differently. It's just, 
I really hated it. I just have to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, I've seen a lot of videos where people were, are like baking cookies and cooking eggs out on the on the pavement. Who wants just, to live in a place like that? That's so insanely hot. I Why just can't so imagine. many people are li- moving out to the southwest? It's crazy. Anyway, listen to this. For 31 straight days, from the last day of June through Sunday, the second to last day of July, Phoenix has hit at least 110 degrees. That's yeah, that's too hot. That is a significant new record. The city smashed through another record last week, racking up the most 115 degree days ever in a calendar year. Part, of course, this heat wave that we are hearing about all different, you know, the heat wave hit Europe, Western Europe particularly hard. Um, this has been Phoenix's July in hell, they're calling it. An entire month of merciless heat that has ground down people's health and patience in the city of 1.6 million. But it's also also strained the region's campaign to protect homeless people and older residents who are uh, vulnerable to this. Uh, patients with heat stroke, burns from asphalt are swamping hospitals. Listen to this. People who would go out to get the mail or they would go outside for any reason and that they w- and they would fall, they would not be able to get off the hot asphalt, which can get up to incredible temperatures, and they end up with third-degree burns in hospitals. Um, the article... Uh, talks about the record heat that has made summer into not just something to kind of get into the AC over, but a game of survival for many people. Uh, from meat packers to home health aides, U.S. workers are struggling. They're working in sweltering conditions, and hospitals say that they treated more people for heat ailments and burns in July compared to any other summer. They interviewed several doctors uh, in the article for the New York Times. One from a, an emergency medicine background says, we are very full. We have everything from heat cramps to heat stroke uh, to death from heat. I mentioned earlier about falling on asphalt. They said that the asphalt, this is, I can't even get my mind around an asphalt that would be 180 degrees. But that's what they're saying. It's like if you would walk out of your house in Phoenix right now. Uh, they have these enormous cacti who grow out there. And even these saguaro cactus, they are collapsing from the heat. The uh, the agave, creosote bushes, those little tiny ones, I think they're called stubby barrels that are all around. They're like turning yellow. And I mean, when, you're, <laughs> when your cacti are suffering, something's wrong with the environment, right? Um, the story in the New York Times concluded talking about a man by the name of Austin Davis. God bless him. He runs a tiny homeless outreach charity called Arizona Hugs. And he spends his days, the article says, trying to answer calls from unsheltered people who are desperate to avoid sleeping out in the heat. He said, quote, I can't tell you how many people have called me crying, asking for a hotel room or something, saying I can't make it through another day like this. The problem is many of Phoenix's shelters are full and the waiting lists for publicly funded housing are weeks long or even months long. They find this guy, Austin Davis's number, scrawled on whiteboards at these cooling centers that have been set up, or they get it from a shelter employee, or maybe they get it from someone else on the street. Anyway, they call Austin Davis as like a last bid for help. On Thursday afternoon, the Times article says he had 268 unread text messages. I mean, God bless... Austin Davis and everyone else who is trying to make it through what is going on in Phoenix right now. I mean, it's just outrageous. 
also a perpetual concern about water and how to get it and where to get it from and why it's so expensive. Well, we're going to turn to that topic in our 5 o'clock hour because Ralph Crew will be with me. He's from the YouTube website that you would love. It's fascinating, called Practical Engineering. We're going to talk about water. We're going to talk about um, cranes that are all over the downtown area and Oakland. And we'll also talk about our bridges. Do we know they're safe? That's next, 5 o'clock on the ride home. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Choice in your healthcare. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. We're halfway through the scorching summer with no relief in sight. While last month was the hottest June on record, July will most likely go down in the history books too. NASA climate scientist Gavin Schmidt. Given what we've seen in the uh, the daily analyses, that's, that's from the weather forecasts, um, uh, it's very, very likely that July will be uh, not only the uh, the warmest month of the year, but, but the warmest month in the entire record. And Schmidt is hoping the sweltering heat is a wake-up call when it comes to climate change. If we stop emitting carbon dioxide, if we stop burning fossil fuels, at that point, uh, it won't get any worse. I'm Shelley Adler. In California's Mojave National Preserve, A massive wildfire has crossed into Nevada, the York Fire, at roughly 120 square miles with no containment. This is SRN News. Attention taxpayers, ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optima Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, their tax attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. Freedom Care. 
Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. And they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces. And most are machine washable. Find Skechers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-822-1388. 800-822-1388. 800-822-1388. Expect hazy skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 57. We'll see hazy sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow will reach a high of 78. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 56. Sunny to partly cloudy skies on tap for your midweek Wednesday. Smoke from Canadian wildfires can reduce air quality and create hazy skies. We'll see a high Wednesday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, welcome in. It is the sunny day, reduced humidity edition of The Ride Home. I'm Kathy Emmons. It's my last day without my on-air partner, John Hall. He's uh, experiencing his uh, the denouement of vacation. You know, there's, there's the gear up. And then you're living your best life while you're at the beach every day and you're soaking up the salt smell and everything. And then it gets to Thursday or Friday and then the depression starts to set in. <laughs> and then it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever. It's the long trek back. Anyway, looking forward actually to having John Hall back in the studio with me tomorrow and Lex. And um, looking forward to a great five o'clock hour today because my good friend Ralph Crew will be with us in just a couple minutes. We're going to talk about practical engineering because he's the lead writer for the YouTube channel. And we're going to talk about three issues in particular, including bridges, water, and uh, something that's affecting all of us if we're in and around the Oakland area of Pittsburgh or downtown. And that is construction cranes, which seem to be everywhere came to the forefront of my mind after the fire on the construction crane in New York City last week, which uh, thankfully uh, did not kill anyone, but was incredible to see. There's, there's a, you know, really kind of shocking video uh, to watch. And it makes me think every time I drive past a crane in Oakland, like, how did that happen? How, how, how do cranes even work? Anyway, I've got so many questions. That's why Ralph Cruz is going to be here in the studio in just a couple minutes. Um, but before that, I want to talk about something that was on the front page of the, today's Washington Post, um, which is about the use of marijuana, which we all know is increasing uh, because of uh, greater abilities to um, 
to use it, to get it, and to not be prosecuted for using it, depending on which state you live in, uh, in the lower 48. Um, but I, it, it's interesting. The reason that the article jumped out at me today is because I woke up Saturday night uh, in the middle of the night, and we don't have air conditioning in our bedroom. All the windows were open. I have fans going, the whole thing. And the reason I woke up, it was maybe 3.30 or something, was because the smell of weed was wafting in my bedroom window so strongly, it was like my husband, Eric, was smoking it. I mean, that is how strong it was. And I thought to myself, and this is my opinion, I hate that smell. I hate it. And then I was totally annoyed that it was in my bedroom right in the middle of the night and actually had interrupted my sleep. Uh, but it's everywhere. And this is just what life is like now, no matter where you are in a public place. Um, I was at the ballpark on Saturday night. I was out in the strip district two different nights last week. I mean, no matter where you're walking, it's like the smell of weed has become ubiquitous. But the reason I think that the uh, Post article is so important is it's talking about marijuana addiction. It starts off, it's it's a lengthy piece, uh, but the person it focuses on is named Courtney, and uh, she started using weed when she was 17, and 20 years later, she talks about raising her toddler son and hiding her dependence on weed from most of her family members. She says that she'd light her pipe more than a dozen times a day, sneaking into the garage of her Missouri home while her son took a nap, and she still loves the smell, but it has stopped making her giggly because now she's 37 and she loses her train of thought often mid-conversation. She zones out when she's right in the middle of playing with her son. And she said that she realizes that she has to quit. And she's done it many times. She said she'll flush her stash for a while, dump her pipe, but to no avail. The only time, except for the nine months she was pregnant, that she has been able to not be smoking weed is now. And she's trying to figure out what to do, how to respond. And she said she's had to come to grips with the fact that she's addicted. It's frustrating, she says, though, quote, because you're not taken seriously. People say it's not as severe as meth. It's not like alcohol. It's not that bad. Marijuana is all natural, right? It's a therapeutic thing. It's not like it's an addiction. The article goes on to say that recreational and medicinal use of weed uh, is legalized in more than 20 states and the potency of the drug has increased. I think that's a lot of thing. a lot uh it's a thing that a lot of people don't realize. There was an article in the Post maybe two months ago about the increase in the in the uh, toxicity of weed and just the overall strength of it versus how maybe parents used it 20 years ago. So you might have a, a parent who's got a kid who's 17 who's using weed. And the parent says, well, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I smoked weed when I was 17, you know, and I'm fine. So what's the problem? But the problem is that the potency of the drug has absolutely altered. Many experts believe that most people can use it without significant negative consequences. But for a lot of users like Courtney, the woman I told you about, the struggles to quit are real. And it's complicated because all of us keep telling each other that weed is no big deal. 
right? And anybody can use it. And, you know, it's not addicting. And so do whatever you want. Um, so I think we had several decades of people kind of exaggerating the deleterious consequences of it. But now we have the pendulum swing and we're in the middle of a society that says that there's absolutely nothing wrong with marijuana. Um, the science isn't always clear, the Post says, about the benefits and harms of it. But one thing is for sure, people who are addicted now are reluctant to seek treatment. Other substances are making people more afraid and are getting greater attention, like opioids, um, which is certainly something that we should be talking about. But with so many mixed messages in our society about marijuana, I think it's easy to rationalize um, weed use when it just gets problematic. And, you know, I have several friends who I've known for many, many years who have been cognitively damaged for life because of their persistent use of it. And I think that the way our cultural um, the way that our society is talking about it in this cultural moment um, just isn't healthy. I think that our, our pendulum swing approach to it is not going to serve anybody very well. Um, Lex, do you have any feelings about weed? And, and do you notice, of course, you have to notice it wafting around all the time. Oh, for sure. Um, I think the main thing is that, like you said, like 20 years ago, maybe parents were um, smoking and it wasn't like a huge deal because it was not laced with anything right. else. It was probably a little safer to use than it is now. My thing is that I'm kind of noticing probably the same thing that happened with um, tobacco, probably, right? Is that initially, like, it's probably a, a rather natural thing, but now that it's becoming um, commercialized, um, who knows what they're putting into it at this I point? I know. And, That's kind of my thought on and it, And we least. spent decades, like, my life growing up, trying to explain to people how smoking was bad for you, mm -hmm. right? And so now we're to the point where now we're telling people smoking is good for you. Like we've yeah. forgotten that the smoking part, right, is just bad. Yeah, because breathing in anything that's not oxygen is bad for your right. lungs. So, But somehow we don't talk about that anymore because we're so concerned to tell each other that, oh, no, weed is great. Uh, you know, Fetterman's campaign was, you know, we, we should legalize it. This is the way it should. And I just feel like... If we look at the base level data that we're getting, we should be a lot more careful with it than we are. Yeah, I think there there can be some benefits, especially for people who are sick. Yes, it, like because the medical use of it is um, has been something that I've seen work in miraculous ways, and it's helped a lot of people. Right, but medical use and recreational use are two very different two things. very very different things. And I got to be honest, I don't want it wafting in. <laughs> My house at 3 a.m. I know, it smells like a skunk. What in the world? Anyway, we're turning our attention to engineering. Ralph Crew up next. We're going to talk about bridges, water, and all the cranes you see dotting the skyline in Pittsburgh. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold. It's direct. It cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5. W-O-R-D. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. 
That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. Uncle Ryan has challenged us to explain, in our own words, why our direct lender advantage is awesome for Word FM listeners who want to buy a new home or do a cash-out refinance. Challenge accepted. Let's say you come to us for an ice-cold lemonade. Best on the block, baby. Now, luckily, we've got our own lemons from the lemon tree in our backyard. There's no trips to the grocery store. No middleman. Which means... Means no paying extra to the middleman. No added time going back and forth with grocery lemon person. And most importantly, we're using our own lemons so we can often charge you less than good old Johnny boy down the street. Doesn't Johnny know this is our street? We are United Faith Mortgage. Our direct lender advantage often allows us to move faster. And because we're using our own money within our own walls, we can often get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. UnitedFaithMortgage.com United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. NMLS number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel. We're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. When I walk around Oakland, which I do on a regular basis, I'm amazed at the number of construction cranes that there are in like a six block radius. I mean, there have to be seven. I mean, it's outrageous. And so, I, you know, I drive by them and I think, well, I'm sure that's safe. Of course, because they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't safe, right? I mean, that's the world I live in. Uh, and then I saw the video of the construction crane that caught on fire in New York City last week. And thankfully, they had enough warning that they were able to vacate the premises. And uh, what what do you call, is it the top, the head? What do you call the, the arm part? <laughs> the boom? The boom. Yes. Right. So when the boom finally fell and crashed toward the ground, nobody was killed, which yes. is great. That's wonderful. Um, but it did make me think as I drove by one yesterday, is that one okay? Like, what? <laughs> So and the, sure. person, the person you hear laughing and responding to me is Ralph Crew. Uh, Ralph's back in the studio. He's head writer and producer for Practical Engineering, which is a YouTube channel that you should definitely check out. He's also a co-boss of Nerd Night Pittsburgh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, Ralph, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Uh, I saw you yesterday, and I brought up the crane thing. Yes. And they are everywhere in Oakland. Yes. I mean, it's outrageous. They're also all over downtown right now. So what do you know about cranes? First of all, how do they work? Well, um, I mean, it's pretty straightforward in the most simple way. It's a, it's an object we use to lift 
heavy things high up in the air, right? Yeah, uh, right. There's actually a few different kinds of cranes. When most people think of them, they think of probably the largest uh, kind of crane called a tower crane, uh, which is simply a, a, a tall a, a steel scaffold uh, tower okay. uh, with a boom uh, that, that comes out horizontally from it. There's usually a cab on the top of that where an operator sits. Well, uh, the back end of the boom will have large, heavy weights. You'll often, if you look at the back side, you'll see huge, huge steel plates back there. Um, and those are used to counterbalance the load uh, that the boom might be picking up, say, uh, it could be steel beams, it could be heavy equipment, it could be any number of materials that are useful. Uh, generally, cranes like that are used for construction, uh, although there are cranes that do things other than construction, too. There's a wild word, world of cranes out there. Okay, so okay, let's stay with construction, and then I have to hear what else a crane would do, because I don't, I don't know. Okay, so if we're seeing one that's in use, like right now, mm -hmm. there are, I think there are two... Uh, enormous ones that are right at the old Civic Arena site mm -hmm. downtown, um, putting up that new building, which I think is going to be a combo of parking and uh, residential space. So what – why is it safe? That's the first thing I guess I want to ask. Right. So um, cranes take advantage of the incredible strength of steel, right? And as a Pittsburgher, you know, I'm always right, happy course. to talk about steel. Mm -hmm. Um but they, yeah, the, so they they are safe. They use uh, structural level steel, um, and and as I mentioned before, they are also counterbalanced. So they sort of act like a cantilever, um, so that weight is balanced, sure. and and that that steel structure that they're on experiences loading in a way that is relatively even and within the known limits of of that steel's ability to experience stress uh, without failing, or even in in many cases without. Because uh, like, you can have steel sort of bend but not fully break, but that's not what you want, right? So mm -hmm. there's there's this regime of steel um, stress that it can undergo where it uh, maintains its initial shape after you remove a load. They call it uh, the elastic regime. But mm, it's uh, okay. yeah. So uh, and and they just take advantage of that, and then they use um, you know a winch, an electric motor, or something like that to uh, to lift up loads, and they can move around. And actually, tower cranes are only one of many different kinds of cranes. You may have seen a crane uh, driving on the highway. There's something that is called an all-terrain. Crane, which is something that you would use maybe not to build a, a huge skyscraper, but to build uh, a mid-rise uh, structure somewhere. Um, and and those are, are um, a little bit more versatile. There's something you can drive around, like the mm, big cranes right. that we see in Oakland right now and like the one that collapsed in New York. Those are very much – they are built in place. They come in a modular uh, set of many pieces that have to be delivered by heavy trucks um, and then built on site. Okay, and how are they – how is it raised? Uh, so if it has to be built on site, which I didn't know, yeah. so how does it get to be as enormous as it is? Hilariously, often the answer is another crane. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a, it takes a crane to make a crane sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, it might be one of these like all-terrain cranes, like I mentioned before, a drivable crane that you can bring on site uh, and use to assemble larger, um, larger materials. That's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, actually, the, the New York City crane that, that you're talking about, yeah. to remove it in order to, to move it. And they've actually had to bring in another crane uh, to take care of it. Yeah. All right. So the one that, that collapsed, it didn't collapse. It caught on fire. Well, right. Actually, yeah. So first. it wasn't it wasn't just a, a structural failure um, where someone picked up something way too heavy for it and it bent or where there was high winds. That's actually a pretty big mm -hmm. risk for cranes. This in this case, um, there was a fire uh, It looked to be near where the cab is. I'm not sure if it was the winch motor 
Um, I, I'm sure there will be some reports that come out later on. Reports on these things usually take a little while, um, which I'm fine with people being thorough. I would like to know. Um, I don't think there's any reason to rush yeah, the findings. Let's, but, but let's let's be careful and, and sure about what's going on there. Um, but uh, but once that fire gets started up there, the, the material properties of steel, which are what makes steel so great for making cranes in the first place, uh, they change, right, as steel heats up. Uh, I mean, ult- ultimately, you can melt steel, but long before metals melt, um, their, their strength, their crystal structure down to the atomic level actually will change um, and usually... Uh, it will weaken in some way, which is... Uh, so that means you have warning. Yeah, and that's actually one of the great things about using steel for for, uh, for something like a crane. If there is a fire or something like that, it takes long enough. I mean, you don't want to like take a nap up there, but the yeah, operator yeah. had time to initially actually because he, tried he to saw fight the fire. fire right he right uh, he, wasn't, he saw the fire tried uh, to fight it couldn't the, the uh fire extinguishing system he had whatever that happened to be uh, i'm sure he had something um wasn't enough and then he had enough time to get out of there and and um you know get to safety and thankfully nobody w- was killed or hurt and that uh, is in large part due to the fact that they can they have enough time to clear the area and i think that's uh so, something uh that's that's important about steel is it does tend to fail uh slowly um, and not all materials are like that. Like something, uh, you know, like if it was just a concrete structure, which most concrete actually has steel within it. So this is not something you see, but just pure concrete will tend to be fine, fine, fine. And then snap and crack. Uh, right. Right. Um, again, most concrete structures, though, that you see like parking garages and buildings actually have a steel skeleton within the con- the concrete as well. Just to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Right. OK. Uh, we're talking to Ralph Crew. He is the head writer of a YouTube channel called Practical Engineering that you it's it's super interesting. So I spent some time. I spent some time on it over the last few months, um, but I specifically did this morning, and it kind of sucks me in. Yes, good. It, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> it kind of sucks me in because I'm not an engineer and mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist. But uh, my dad was an engineer, and so when I was little, I was kind, he kind of like got me interested in how things work, um, and so watching how your channel describes things, you don't have to be a scientist to get it. It's Correct. just, it's the questions that a regular person is asking. That's right. So the questions that I'm asking about a crane would be something that you would hear, you would see on that YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, our, our the, the main guy who runs the channel, Grady Hillhouse, who's fantastic. Uh, he's the, the original um, you know, creator who started the channel. He is a, a civil engineer. He's spent many years building dams. Um, and he's passionate about it. And one of the things that I love is that he's passionate about it in a way that is understandable for others, right? We're not making these videos for engineers, although many of our fans are engineers, yeah. which is yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but They're just we- checking up on you to make sure you're saying all <laughs> yeah. the right stuff. We, we do have to be, we have to really dot our I's and cross our I T's when we make these videos because um, we'll hear about it if we make any mistakes. But no, our whole goal is to make this stuff, um, you know, accessible for anybody who's mm-hmm. curious, right? And that, like, curiosity for me has been a big driver in my whole career and why I love science communication. I myself, I'm not a, a trained engineer. I do have a background in math and science, and I feel very uh, comfortable. You know, I worked at the Science Center for many years mm-hmm. here, and um, I feel very comfortable sort of in that a little bit more technical space. But I, I particularly, I'm just fascinated 
you know, when we drive through Oakland and you see those cranes, how does that work? You know, That's I, what I was thinking. I think it's how such does a that fascinating work? thing. And the built world around us is remarkable, and there's an awful lot of engineering that goes into it. And if you read an engineering textbook, that can feel pretty opaque, uh, maybe something. You know, sometimes I, I hear people say, well, I'm not smart enough to watch a channel on engineering. And I'm uh, no, you'd be smart enough to watch this one. Yeah, yeah it's seriously. It's, yeah, we're, well, there's also there's not an exam or anything, so it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 a channel for everybody, um, and we try to have fun with it. Uh, Grady builds some really great yeah. demonstrations yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, in the studio that um, are are really fun and sort of a little more hands on feeling. And uh, yeah, we make sure not to use language that is. Um, that you have to be an expert to use, and if we do introduce some terms, we're, 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 we try to be careful to make them, uh, you know, digestible, and we have fun with it actually, yeah. which I think is part of it too, right? You know, right. Um, sometimes in the more technical STEM, you know, world out there, people get uh, a little bit stuffy and <laughs> sure i understand we, they speak to their own right they speak their own secret code yep. language which is interesting stuff too uh but our our goal is really to to make um you know civil engineering and the built world and curios curiosity about how that works uh something that is is available for everyone to enjoy and it's really fun yeah and we all see cranes we yep. all go across bridges i i went across uh, at least one to get here yeah, today. exactly one big one and uh, a few small ones i'm, I'm sure i'm sure you were annoyed by uh more than one and we <laughs> want water to come out when we open the yes. spigot as yeah right and we want it to come out at a fairly even pressure it would be pretty pretty bad for the pressure to fluctuate wildly and that's a tricky uh, problem to solve as well yeah and we want it to be drinkable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is best yeah it, uh, it is best it, yeah. and a lot of portions of the world do not have drinkable water yes and so oftentimes we don't appreciate what we have um and uh second of all i think a lot of us here uh in our in this listening audience on this show are interested in how we bring that sort of change to different communities, For right? Sure. And the only way we're going to figure out how to bring change like this to different communities is to figure out how to do it. That's correct. Right. Uh, so we're going to talk about water coming up next. Uh, just a couple minutes ago, we talked about the incredible heat in Phoenix, but there's heat all over the world. How is it that we can make sure everybody has the water they need? That's next. The Ride Home. Maybe you have a junior or a senior in high school and you're thinking ahead, okay, let's go and let's visit different colleges. You've done this, right? This is, this is how this works. I remember going with my son when he was an early senior in high school. We went to Grove City College. We were there maybe an hour, and he turned to me and said, this is my school. And I was like, what do you mean? This is the first place we visited. He said, no, this is where I belong. I feel it. I know this is what I want to do. Hmm. Funny, we had a similar situation in our family, except I wasn't on the trip. It was my husband with our daughter, and uh, she was at the end of her junior year in high school hmm. and took a trip up to Grove City. And she had already kind of decided she was going to go to Pitt because I went to Pitt um, and because she, she kind of grew up in Oakland. She went up there, did the tour, came home and said, that's where I want to go. And I said, what did you want to what? go see? What are, you, what are you talking about? It's your first place, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's where she wanted to go, and that's where she went. If you've not been to Grove City, you really got to see the place. It's a 180-acre campus, beautiful, really inspiring. Mm -hmm. It'll feel like home. So if your child, junior, senior in mm -hmm. high school, thinking about where to land, schedule a visit. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you're going to love what you see. Find out more information online anytime, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. John's family loved it. I loved it. You might too. Mm. That's Mike saying good morning. 
it's the best he can do right now. Yeah, not a cloud in the sky. What Mike could use is a fresh start. And Irish Spring Body Wash. The fresh scent of Irish Spring and those sensational Irish Spring suds are just the reset Mike needs. Now he's ready to go to work. It's Sunday. Irish Spring. When the spring hits you, you're ready. Pick up Irish Spring today. Your home is the place where you know your loved ones are secure. But the things that keep your home protected can't keep pests at bay. That's where RAID comes in. For 60 years, RAID scientists have worked to protect people around the world with trusted research, ingredients, testing standards, and product efficacy. RAID seeks to create a better future for all, especially the ones you love most. RAID, protection for all. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, loves sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to school. We were going through a green light when another car ran a red light and hit us, killing Joe. The National Safety Council estimates one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. Visit nsc.org slash callskill. Expect hazy skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 57. We'll see hazy sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow, reach a high of 78. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 56. Sunny to partly cloudy skies on tap for your midweek Wednesday. Smoke from Canadian wildfires can reduce air quality and create hazy skies. We'll see a high Wednesday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Ralph Crew with me. Head writer and producer for Practical Engineering, co-boss of Nerd Night Pittsburgh, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Can you hear better now, Ralph? Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, really, didn't help. Okay. Didn't I can help hear you at all. Through the air with a, you know. That's a shame. That's a shame. It's all, it's all good. Lex, for some reason, we can't figure out. Um, Ralph can't hear, which is a shame. But well, maybe we'll hit that in the next break. It's all right. Anyway, okay, we're going to talk about water. Um, I brought up an article at the end of last hour uh, about Phoenix and the incredible heat that they're having. It's just unbelievable. They set a record uh, 30 days of over 110 degree heat. Straight. Straight. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine it either. Um, and so, of course, there's a lot of issues with, with uh, low-income people who are not able to afford air conditioning or p- people who are part of the homeless population there who are just roasting outside with, with with no uh, no relief in sight. But also the, con- the concern in all of the Southwest is water. Correct. Right? Yeah. And um, places are buying, you know, different areas are buying water from far away because mm-hmm. they're concerned about water sources drying up. And, you know, I sit there and think, okay, so um, Phoenix is not right next to the Pacific Ocean, but it's a lot closer to the Pacific Ocean than it is to like places in Texas or where, you know what I mean? A lot of places that are being discussed. And so uh, what about like, we have big oceans. So what's the concern about water? Well, I mean, salt water, as you probably already know, right? The, the, 
the level of salinity of ocean water is high enough that it is not safe to drink, right? If you drink right. ocean water, it makes you very sick and is not a not a solution for that. And it's also bad. You can't if you water your garden with seawater, it goes badly. If you water your crops with seawater, so um, you know it's it's it. It, it can be frustrating, right? We have this enormous, essentially limitless volume of water in the ocean, uh, but but as it is in the ocean, it is not uh, very useful for us, right? We we depend on fresh water and ideally, you know, like potable level of drinking water, which is is quite clean. Um, and there are solutions for it, though. And actually, we did an episode on um, the desalination. Which is what I looked at this morning. Yeah, and uh, the desalination of water is something that is um, – I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just removing salt um, and generally some other contaminants too, but really it's removing salt from water. Uh, There are two big ways that people do it. Uh, One is distillation, where essentially you boil water. And uh, when water boils, if if you boil salt water, the salt does not also boil. Uh, the salt stays in whatever container that you're boiling it in, and then the water leaves as steam, as water vapor, right? Oh, okay. And then that water vapor can be collected, condensed back into water, and now that water does not contain salt and is safe to drink. There's usually a few other steps you do afterwards. Um, desalination through um, distillation like that is a little tricky because it's extremely energy intensive. Boiling water actually takes an enormous amount mm, of energy right, to do. Right. Um, and so the other solution that people employ, and this is actually something you may know people who do this at home, it's something called reverse osmosis uh, filtering, where basically a very, very fine membrane um, that allows water molecules to pass through it, but does not allow uh, the salt ions oh, to pass through it. Um, is pressurized, right? So imagine um, that you've, you've got this membrane and you run really, you run, you run salty water up against the membrane at very high pressure and some of the water will make it through that membrane and when it's on the other side of that membrane, the salt has not followed along and so now you have okay. safe to drink drinking water. Now, the issue there, you also end up with extremely salty water on the, the on side. the other side of this membrane, you've got to do something with the, they call it brine, um, and that brine needs to be handled one way or another. Sometimes, like you can't just dump that back into the ocean because it'll kill everything um, in in the area that it is released into. So there are various ways to sort of dilute it or diffuse it across the ocean, and in some cases, they even just inject it deep underground. Um, so it's, okay, it's so either problem. way, though, it's really tricky. It's tricky. It's energy intensive, and in most cases. It is more expensive than getting water in some other way. Like here in Pennsylvania, we never worry about desalination. First of all, we're far from the ocean, Mm -hmm. but we have plenty of water around here. Uh, But there comes a point where drought conditions get to a level where desalination of water is um, the the safest, best, easiest way to get water. Um, It happens in San Diego, uh, which was a plant that we covered in the video uh, on practical Mm -hmm. engineering. It it happens all across the Middle East as well and, uh, you know, highly arid regions that are near the sea. Um, and there are cases where it's the best solution. Hmm. I was in Guatemala uh, four or five years ago, and I'd never been in a place before where I couldn't drink the water. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it was my first time. And uh, so and I was in like a total cushy situation because I had a bottle of water with me. Mm-hmm. Right. But I did go a whole day like we got up very early, like four or five in the morning. And uh, I did not see water that was drinkable until probably nine o'clock that night. So one day, like big deal, first world problem. But it really woke me up to how 
millions of people live. Oh, yeah. And I remember uh, we were in all of these uh, communities just way, way, way far, way far away from the city, way up in the mountains. And uh, some of those people are walking two miles to get water. Right. Um, And the uh, it was maybe, I don't know, six or seven p.m. And we uh, we were going around in a van, a group of us. And we got to this um, feeding center that uh, an organization that was that I was going around with sponsors. And uh, we pulled up in front of it and there was a a sink, Mm -hmm. like a utility sink, like sitting outside. And I seriously I'll never forget this. I thought to myself, if I walk up to that and I open the spigot and water comes out, I am going to be the happiest (laughs) I've ever been. Now, keep in mind, I've been without water for 12 hours at this point or something. That's it. 12 hours. It doesn't take long to get the It does not take long. And I walked over to that thing and I turned it and, of course, nothing came out. You know, that might be for the best. It probably. It probably was. Yeah. But it just woke me up to how vital something is that we completely take for granted yeah. and never even think twice about. Well, and even in a case in, in a region like Guatemala has plentiful fresh water, but it's not potable level water, right? right. So like, they don't right. have to worry That's about a whole other desalination, issue. but right. there's still, there's there's pathogens within that water where, where it could be maybe contamination from human waste or just from, from uh you know, parasites that may be living in that water it could be chemical contamination. There's all sorts of, you know, we, we, we are very lucky. We live in a region where we have um, very high quality water treatment. I can just, oh, you know, open the tap in my kitchen and, right. and, and uh, you know, pretty good quality water comes out. I mean, I know here some Pittsburghers complain about it, but compared to, you know, I don't, it never makes me sick. Um, right. And it's something that, uh, you know, it's, you're right. It's so easy to take it for granted. Okay. So, is that an easier scientific problem to solve to make fresh water potable or to make or to desalinate water? It is less energy intensive. Okay. So in terms of expense per gallon of drinking water, yeah, it's cheaper, but it's not necessary. I mean, you still need to have an un- you know a pretty solid understanding of microbiology. And actually, uh, you can make water too clean. It's interesting at these de- desalination plants, um, they actually have to add minerals and things back into the water because pure pure H two O, where it's like a volume of only H two O molecules. It doesn't taste right. People don't like it. And really? actually, because we're not, used to the minerals. Like our we're, our body is more used to processing water that has some small amount of dissolved uh, material in it. Um, so I do think it's funny that you can have water that is too clean, uh, but that's not a problem that most people face. Right. Okay, we're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to Bridges with Ralph Crew. He's head writer and producer for Practical Engineering. You can go on YouTube right now and check it out. But we'll talk about Bridges next. Are they safe? (laughs) 101.5-WORD. What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. 
join me and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. AI is going to completely transform our world. Some people are calling this the chat GPT for traders, and the platform is Vantage Point. Did you know Vantage Point has been perfecting AI for traders since the late 1980s? Vantage Point is an AI-powered software that uses pattern recognition to identify market trends before they become obvious. I'm talking about generative AI capable of forecasting financial market data and helping traders find the best trades with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. Text MONEY to 813813 for a free live class to learn more about AI for traders. And as a bonus for attending, you'll receive a free copy of the Vantage Point Accuracy Study. Text the word MONEY to 813813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com and consider to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text the word money to 813813. Word FM presents the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th followed by three more weekly Dinner for Two giveaways during August. The Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar, creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com. The Fern Hollow Bridge. Now, when that happened, that was something. Right. And of course, the reason it was fixed so quickly is because the president happened to be visiting the day that it happened. Right. Yeah. I don't think any of us in Pittsburgh will forget that collapse. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about practical engineering this hour with Ralph Crew, who's the head writer um, and producer for Practical Engineering, which is a YouTube channel. And so I guess it would be silly for us not to be talking about bridges. Yeah. I mean, bridges are what make an engineer's heart sing. Right. This is. Uh, civil engineers feel just um, a deep love for them, and and they're 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 pretty remarkable structures. And here in Pittsburgh, um, they're uh, they're you know they're everywhere. They they define our city. We're the city of bridges. We are the city it's, of bridges uh, more it, than Venice, as they say. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty remarkable. So yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a good bridge? Okay, so Fern Hollow. Yes. Um, do we know what happened with the collapse? I know that they're still investigating. Yeah. Um, so. Do we know what happened? Uh, very specifically, no. The NTSB report has not been released. Okay. What blows my mind is that they rebuilt the bridge faster than they published the report uh, because the 
bridge is back up and the report is not out. But um, uh, that aside, we do. I mean, we we, we can certainly say. I mean, the bridge did get a poor rating. Uh, it was, prior to you know, it, ha- prior and, to and, the and, collapse. You know, we, you look around the city, and there, we can see bridges that are just in in some level of disrepair. Um, you know, no matter how well you engineer a bridge, they, these are things that have a lifespan. Ideally, you fix these problems before a collapse happens, right? right? A collapse should never happen. Um, but bridges are intentionally designed to have, uh, you know, an opening date and then uh, be operable for a certain number of years, usually 50, 100 years, Is that something right? like that. And then, uh, and then they're sort of intended to either be replaced or torn down or or some other solution. But really? yeah, you know, one of the interesting problems that engineers are, are, are solving, you know. Okay, if- well, wait a minute. What about the, like the Ponte Vecchio? Like that's been there in Venice for I don't know how long. Yeah, but how many, you know, how many trucks drive over that? You know, it's, oh, probably no trucks drive over that. The the bridges, like the the loading is part. Of, you know, you know, and and actually, I hear this with people talking about roads too. Like Roman roads are still fine. I'm like, well, Romans didn't have 18 wheelers driving them on them right. uh, all the time. Um, and and you know, engineered structures are always uh, a balancing act, right? You need things to be safe. You need things to be reliable, but they also need to to uh, be economical so that you can afford to build them in the first place. Now, if you didn't have any uh, you know, restrictions for the amount of resources you could pile into it. You could build a bridge that'll last a thousand years, but it'll cost a billion dollars. So, by the way, the Ponte Vecchio is in Florence. As soon as I said Venice, I was like, I can't be in Venice. Oh, no. Anyway, it's in Florence. And you're right. It's been pedestrian only for all that time. Yeah. And people are a lot lighter than traffic. Um, makes right. a huge difference. It's actually, you know, we're we're working on a series. It's not out yet, uh, so don't tell everybody. Uh, I know I'm telling everybody. <laughs> but we're working on a series on railroads, um, and you know, partially inspired. You know, we had the the East Palestine incident. We did do a video on that, and part as I was writing this uh, uh, East Palestine story, you know, you know, the engineering of the railroads is pretty remarkable. And one of the things that they did, you know, r- trains predate the automobile, and this is where we finally had to deal with bridges that had huge oh, weight. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, holy smokes. You look at those old railroad bridges. Right. This is the first instance of bridges that are built with that sort of modern grand scale. Bridges older than that are designed for maybe horse and buggy um, or large-scale pedestrian traffic. I mean, not nothing. You know, if if you ask someone to build a bridge that people can safely walk over, there's still quite a bit of engineering that goes into that. But the scale at which, like, the loading we're talking about when you're talking about, you know, giant freight trains or uh, thousands or millions of cars and trucks, you know, this is another level. Um, And it's really around then when you start to see, uh, you know, not that long after that, you see things like the Brooklyn Bridge popping up and Mm -hmm, all these brilliant bridges that, that, uh, you know, civil engineers around the world dream about. Um, And they're, honestly, they're wonders of the world. It's it's something I never get tired of. Uh, My wife is from San Francisco. Oh, my God. So I get to see the Golden Gate fairly frequently. What a spectacular thing. It never gets old. It blows my mind. Uh, I remember one time we tried to walk across it. And uh, 15 minutes into walking, we're, we're like halfway. It takes, Isn't that incredible? It's huge. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Um, and the making of it is so shockingly what was so life intensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people gave their lives well, to the building of the bridge? Yeah. I mean, the the little regard that was given to bridge workers at that time. No, and not just bridge workers. I mean, construction workers in general in the early 20th century, it, you know, it, that would be a pretty scary job, I would imagine. Um, you know, it, I'm, I'm really grateful that safety standards are a lot higher. I mean, things certainly cost a lot more because of that, uh, the safety standards that are in place. 
I mean, it takes so, longer and costs okay, more. So, but. Is, so is that why we don't have as many large-scale projects because of cost? Like, for example, we all know, if we if you track these things, that the New York City subway is mm-hmm. just ultimate. it's just it's not going to keep working forever, and there's never enough money to fix what they need to fix. Yeah. So is that because standards are have have are so high as far as safety? I think and- that plays a role. I mean, I'm not an economist. It's a there's a a, a litany of factors that influence that, right? But um, yeah, I mean, safety standards mean things cost more or more expensive. They take a uh, longer time to make. They don't kill people though, and that's I think really important too, right? No, no, it I, is. I don't. It is. I'm glad that those safety standards are there. Like you mentioned with the, the Golden Gate, you know, many many workers passed away during that, and uh, you know that that's not worth it. Um, and we can build brilliant bridges. There are bridges that are grander than the Golden Gate that have been mm-hmm. built today. You just have to. Um, you know, the, the whoever is building this bridge has to have the resources and time and make, you know, make the decisions to, to make it make it work with including modern safety standards. OK, so just going back to the Fern Hollow Bridge, um, it is curious that the bridge was rebuilt before yeah. the NTSB report is completely out. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, the preliminary was it out. takes them to paint the, uh, the Roberto Clemente Bridge, right? Right. Or, That's another. The, or but, the Panther the Hollow Bridge. The, the, you know, this is also it's a money thing, but this is a, a, a thing that engineering um, students and engineers deal with all the time. I mean, it's. Uh, you can do remarkable things if you have uh, remarkable resources, right? right? But often engineering projects are, are relatively lean, and and one of the things engineers do is figure out in innovative solutions to to do a project in a lean way to to be able to get it done um, without um, you know overwhelming the resources of whoever is in charge of building it. But with a catastrophic failure like we had with Fern Hollow, and also there's no three sisters in Frick Park, right? There's just the right, one right, bridge. Right. Once that goes down, that's Forbes. Uh, and that's that's a pretty major major street. We need that back. Uh, and the quickly. president was here. Did I mention that? Uh, that may have helped. Yeah, that may have helped. The president was here. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to uh, Pittsburgh's Nerd Night, and we'll even talk a little bit about uh, the Pittsburgh band, The Common Heart. That's next. We've got Ralph Crew in the studio for this hour. Stay close. Monday edition, the lower humidity edition of the ride home. Attention, Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. I sat through probably my 40th Memorial Day parade recently, but on this particular day, I was kind of being a negative Nelly. It was scorching hot. There were a zillion people fighting for the same four parking spots, and no disrespect, but there were a lot of clowns. See? Negative Nelly. But as I sat there all embarrassing-like, I was hit smack upside the head with a big dose of perspective. As our veterans marched by, and as thousands of people stood to our feet and gave the incredible men and women the thank you they deserve. 
and reminded me I've got nothing to be negative or Nelly about. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And veterans, you should know that the government offers you some significant advantages on new home purchases and cash-out refinances. Things like 0% down on purchases, no PMI, and the ability to cash out a higher percentage of equity than most. If you're curious, it would truly be our honor to try to help at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Friday, August 18th. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Faith and Family Dinner Cruise. From 6.30 to 9, enjoy a special night out for families, couples, and groups of friends. Featuring a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Home's John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. But don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement. But do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Finishing out the hour with Ralph Crew from the YouTube channel Practical Engineering, which you should check out at your earliest convenience. Um, Ralph, uh, in the rest of your life, you do other things I because do. you're just a curious person. <laughs> you could you are, say that. Yeah. And so nerd night is one of your passions. Yeah. So, so I'm, you, I'm, you're a science techie person. Uh, and yeah. so talk about nerd night. So nerd night um, is an event. It's really for adults. So it's not. Uh, uh, don't bring your 11 year old to this. Don't bring your 11 year old to it. It's usually at a bar of mm-hmm. some kind. Um, and it is. Uh, like uh, sort of related to TED Talks almost. We get three experts um, who have some nerdy subject that they're excited to talk about, and they'll they'll give an informal talk that you don't need to be an expert to watch. It's usually a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's usually drinks and food. Uh, we do networking at the beginning for um, – for nerds to make friends with each other, we do this thing called speed friending to help, you know, because nerds I aren't love... always the most outgoing people. Although, sure. to be clear, you do not need to be a nerd. Everybody is welcome. Sure. There's no, like, nerd test to right. get It's in. not like you have to pass uh, or fail at yeah. the front door. Uh, yeah, I know. I've, I've had a few people say, I don't think I'm smart enough for nerd night. Trust me. You are. <laughs> you definitely are, uh, no matter who you are. Um but yeah, it's it's a brilliant event. It's super fun. We get people together from all sorts of different backgrounds who are, you know, nerds. And but it, today that word means something I think so cool. It and does. It's, it's really people it means who are curious, passionate, and curious yep. about something. And it's it's really broad. You know, we've had people. We had someone talk about the medieval loot. Uh, right. We've had uh, astrophysicists. We've had paleontologists. Um, we had uh, so this weekend we just did it on Saturday. Um, and this was a benefit for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, um, which I actually think our donation link is still live on the website. Which oh, that's is, awesome. It's a great cause. What's the website? Uh, Pittsburgh.nerdnight.com. Pittsburgh spelled out? Yeah. Okay. Pittsburgh spelled out. Nerdnight.com. Or just okay. Google Nerd, Nerd Night in Pittsburgh or find us on Facebook or on Instagram. We're not, we're not hiding. You yeah, can yeah. find us. Um, but we, you know, we had a stand-up comedian who also has cystic fibrosis, and she was hilarious. And uh, it, it was – you know – 
I don't know. The the word nerd is very broad. It doesn't just mean someone with a calculator and a pocket protector anymore. Sure. Though we do appreciate people who carry those. Yes, that's true. Exactly. All right. And in our last few minutes, uh, you also are curious about music. Correct. Yeah, that was probably my first nerdery event. Was exactly. That's how it all started. That's how it started. So you're a bass player with the Pittsburgh band, The Common Hearts. Correct. Yeah, I'm the and, new bassist for The Common Hearts. Right. And first of all, are you loving that? It's the coolest band I've ever been in by a mile. It's oh, amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. Awesome. Okay, so you've been touring all over the U.S. this summer. Yeah. Just last Saturday night? Friday, Friday night. Friday night uh, was the big concert at Stage AE. Yeah, we headlined at Stage AE, which is perhaps the greatest concert of my life. As, as a, you know, I've been playing bass my whole life and getting up there in front of a local crowd with a band that really uh, just does great stuff and has great vibes and air, there's so many people there. I don't know. It was... Uh, and people know the words. People know and the words. Yeah. They're wearing our shirts. They're singing along. It's amazing. Uh, and I'm also just so proud to be in the band. They're, everyone in the band is uh, both just lovely people, but unbelievably talented. Yeah. Like the, the talent level there. I am. Uh, trust me, I'm practicing. Yeah. 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 Because um, you got to keep up. Trying to stay in shape uh, and hang with these guys. But they're they're a brilliant band, and I'm I'm super grateful. Wow. Uh, to be part of it. Okay. So what's next for the Common Heart? Uh, next, well, we thankfully we have about a week off, and then we've got a run. We're going through New York City. I think it's called Joe's Pub in Manhattan. Uh, in NoHo, I believe. Okay. And then uh, we're playing in Boston, and we're actually making it all the way up to my homeland. We're going to New Brunswick. No way! Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Actually, just today, uh, my second cousin who lives in New Brunswick texted me that she got tickets. So, oh, uh, that's we're all over. Terrific. Okay, so give me the website for the Common Heart. Uh, CommonHeart.com. That's easy. CommonHeart.com. Ralph Crew, thanks for spending an hour with us here in Idaho. Thank you for having me. Terrific. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. Join us back here tomorrow. John Hall making his triumphant post-beach return. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.